What's up, guys? What's going on? Brian Ernie here with the one and only Darren Meenan. What up? Who's already laughing at me because I did <laughs> I did it much more informally this time. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Orange and Blue Thing here hanging out on a Thursday evening. Uh, we are we got a ton of stuff to talk about tonight. This is going to be the craziest show we've had yet. I think, yeah, I think because so. we've never done like a, a remote location before. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Catch and Astoria. Uh, QBC was last Saturday, so we sat down with pretty much uh, everybody you know, who was there. Whoever, basically. yeah, I mean not everyone. We don't want we left out a few people. We couldn't have like a four hour show tonight, but no. we did sit down with uh, Nimmo, Flexen, Berg, Sarone, Pete McCarthy, and and Mister Met. So we are going to get to that in a little bit, but. Um, yeah, I mean, last week was great. I, I love QBC, but we won't get too much into that until we play the uh, the tape. But you and I caught ourselves a few times saying, we're live, but we it was taped. But yeah, live to tape. Live to tape. <laughs> but if you're listening to this afterwards, we appreciate it. We are number one again. Number one. For a month straight now. Yeah, well, that's because we're great. If we're you type in the word Mets, go on iTunes, we're number one. Yeah. There is something above us, but it's not even a Met. It, I don't even know what it is. not sports related. They just have like Mets in the title. It's like a song. It doesn't matter. I don't know what it is. We're, ain't we great? But as far as a Mets show is concerned, we're number one. We're pretty good. Uh, 631-388-5195 is the number if you want to hang out and give us a live call. We got Tim Fitzpatrick on the other side of the glass filling in for Lizzie tonight. So uh, be kind to him because it's his first time doing this whole thing. <laughs> uh, we gave him the, uh, the, uh, the crash course on answering Phone. We did the crash course on answering <laughs> the phone. Uh, one of the things we'd love to talk about is Mr. Jose Reyes is back again. I saw or actually I got a text from MJ. Uh, I don't know what time it was, but she goes, hey, you should go on Snapchat. So I had to actually like, make a new password for it because I don't even use Snapchat. Yeah. So I went on there and I saw the screenshot of uh, not screenshot, but his snap of driving towards City Field with like the the shrugging yeah. emoji, whatever. He's like, 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 touch like, your touch your pensive uh, like, hmm. yeah, so uh, he is back. And what do you think about it? I like it. Uh, I wrote this um, blog post that you'll see on your screen right now um, for the blog, basically right when the news broke. Look, the th reason why I think why I definitely like it and we did a poll and I, we'll get to those results in a second. But why I think a lot of people also like it is the fact which was what Ken Rosenthal put in there is that the Mets and Jose have come to an understanding that Jose is going to be a utility player this year. And that they're going to go and try to now still get a starting second baseman or maybe even a third baseman. Who knows which one? It's probably going to be one or the other. Um, so I think that's why people are okay with it. Because let's face it, this guy can still hit. Uh, it's the defense that's suspect. Um, so I, you know, I touched on that. I touched on the fact that he is close to Ahmed Rosario and and how uh, that seems to be a good mentor and uh, relationship that they have. And. The fact that the Mets are so heavily invested in Ahmed, you know, he's obviously one of the top prospects in baseball. The uh, The Mets are going to have to get a lot out of him to have a good season this year at short. So why not try to keep him comfortable, keep him growing, learning from an all-star shortstop uh, of the past? And, and and look, the injuries have always been a problem, so it's depth. Um, I just hope that's what that, I like. I just hope that they're not just telling us that he's uh, oh, agreeing yes. to this utility backup, whatever it is, this utility role, and then in a month from now they're like, well... We didn't make any other moves, so yeah, we didn't like Jose, the is your, yeah. Jose is your starting second baseman. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, I'm not saying that I'm against that because he did have a strong second half of the season, but yeah. who's to say that he's going to have a, a complete bounce-back year and from nuts to bolts, uh, game one to 162, play great. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Especially when he's, he's going to be 35 years old. So the fact that 
In his age 35 He got a season, lot more money than I thought he was going to get, by the way. $2 million with f- another $500,000 possible for incentives. Um, but we haven't heard of anyone with their eyeballs on him this offseason. It was Mets. Or, I, I mean, Mets or nothing? It basically it felt like that. But, I mean, we got him for almost nothing. I mean, for other reasons recently when he came back. Uh, he's been playing for a lot less than what he's getting for next year. Yeah. Uh, so for him just to stay in shape and hopefully wanting – he wanted to come back here. It was so obvious. Mm-hmm. We talked about it numerous times over the offseason. Uh, he's back he wants to be back and the Mets made the move today so I'm hoping Tim and I talked about this before you showed up I'm hoping that they're not just telling us the lip service here of no yeah. his role is utility guy and I hope that's not it, it can't it can't be more than hope that. that's not just to appease us because you know he I mean? played in 145 games last year and it's too much it, it just was I mean like I said look the offense is still there he played to over a two offensive war so he was worth two more wins uh, you know than the replacement level player on offense on defense, he was abysmal. He was just not good. And and I think Jose would be the first person to tell you that, that the, the defense was not good. In fairness to him, these are unnatural positions. When's the last time he played third base? You know, 2016 was the first time he ever played it at the, at the professional level. And second base, I mean, has he played second base other than that 2004 season when they moved him because of Kaz Matsui? I don't even know. So, I mean... You're they talked about him putting him in the outfield last year, did they? Yeah, they did for a couple of games. I don't remember he, if he they did, did or not. It was like one full game and I think like one inning of one game. I must have blacked out on it, that. It, I, you wouldn't have, like <laughs> it happened in the blowout games and it was you know or I think the start out there was in like September and then he played like one inning in left field. Before we get to QBC talk with all of our our plethora of guests tonight, if you do want to give a call and uh, give us your two cents on what you think about this Reyes deal, six three one three eight eight five one nine five put our boy tim over here to work for a little bit he's drinking my beer and i gotta at least have him do something tonight that's right so uh give a call 631-388-5195 i'm just joking with you though man i appreciate you coming in so uh we are gonna get to the poll because i did put it up about 20 minutes ago asking the fans what they thought of this move and uh the answer was i was actually surprised i thought it was gonna be a little bit more towards the middle 50 50 but uh the question was last minute poll the mets are bringing reyes back on a one-year deal as a utility man do you like it yes or no only 761 people voted, but uh, yes, overwhelmingly yes. 79% said yes. Um, so I guess they're on the same page as you. Yeah, I mean, what's to complain about? Uh, I, I, you know, you, you ask them to go out and add depth. They are. It, like you said, justifiably so. If this turns into a, oh, no, he's going to be the starting second baseman, or Wilmer is going to be the starting second baseman, and he's there to back up Wilmer. Well, then th- that might be an issue. Well, the issue, I think, is that a lot of people in the fan base are fed up. And the number one thing is when, when you know, Bruce is coming back and now Reyes is coming back, they're bringing back the same pieces. And we brought this up last week, I think, when we talked about Bruce. And you were saying, well, they brought back a guy that's of good value. He's a good yeah. player. Bruce is a great, great player, you know. Uh, but Reyes... You know, I'm but, not saying that his career is over, but they're well, bringing back a guy that nobody else wanted. So yeah, but I can understand the, the, you know, discouragement on that point. Let's talk about that, though, for a second. Everybody we had on the show last year said before the season, this was a 90 win team. Nelson Figueroa said it. Wayne Randazzo said it. Uh, you know, anybody we asked, even Al Dukes, who's like the most pessimistic person <laughs> in the world, said like 87 wins. Yeah. Okay. For that to be the case, then I don't under I don't see the harm in bringing I'm with back. You. No, guys. I'm with you. Right, I'm just you know, saying, like from reading the timeline yeah. of, of what Mets Twitter freaks well, out about. They need another infielder. They need a starting infielder. That's clear. I mean, I, I'm not going to let them off the hook for that. They need to go and get a third baseman or a second baseman. It's it's just true. 
Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to kill him for bringing back a depth infielder right now. I just – it's a slam dunk. Uh, let's go to the phone. We have somebody who wants to talk about this. And whoa, we are turning down the mainframe, Skid Row. That's going good. I'm glad, I'm glad. All right, uh, I guess we can't go to the call. I don't know what the hell. Maybe it's you because you're inside with the phone. I doubt it. I don't don't know. know Uh, Let's get to this other stuff that happened this week because people are going to think we're shills if we don't talk about it, right? Because that's that's our MO around here. Um, Wilpon did have a meeting with some press. I guess it was like a a meeting that was only an invite-only type thing at the ballpark, right? They had like a luncheon with the press. Yeah. I don't know. Some uh, kind of media gathering media call media some whatever. kind of luncheon and uh they talked about payroll yada yada and, and we talked about are we going to put this on the blog and you've written in a couple pieces over the off season about met stuff and payroll and front office and whatever especially after the mark Carrig came out and and the fan base was up in arms yeah. so people are asking us for our opinion on this but there's not much to have an opinion on not much has changed i don't i don't know what i could even have an opinion on what i mean to add to it right the, here is here are my main takeaways, okay? And, and I think these are the things that fans had problems with. And I think I can – look, here's the first thing. The idea that the reason that they don't spend uh, more in light of David Wright, recouping 75% of David Wright's salary because the insurance policy is expensive is ridiculous. That's that. I mean, that's just ridiculous. The policy is expensive? Come on. Like, if I can take out life insurance or, you know, you had wrestlers back in the day who used to take out these Lloyds of London policies on themselves just in case they got hurt. I'm pretty sure that the baseball team can carry a policy that doesn't financially prohibit them. I didn't I, – I said I can't kill them too much for that because if that's the reason, well, at least they said it. But I, I that to me seems so strange. And it's also strange because it puts David Wright in a pretty uncomfortable situation. I mean, look – David Wright will do anything for this franchise. He extended with them when he had absolutely no reason to. And look, he, he's getting paid handsomely. But that being said, why are you going to make it like put any kind of responsibility on it being David Wright's the reason we don't spend money, which is what some people hear. Right, 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 right. Um, so I thought that that was kind of a, an odd way to handle that. And then the idea that attendance, I mean, would you st- Stop. That was something that was brought up a couple Would years, maybe three stop. years ago, about attendance. Come on, attendance. This fran- this fan base. So feels- you, do, you do have more to t- talk about. I guess about. I do. I <laughs> guess I do. a blog post. Yeah. <laughs> this fan base is proven that if you give them a product worth coming out for, and sometimes even when you don't, they come out. You know, uh, like this guy right here sells tickets to almost 900 people every game for a team sometimes of 25 games out of first place. So I, I, I'm, I don't even want to – as somebody who spent a lot of money at City Field, and I've only seen a few playoff games. I've only seen one, one playoff run and, and a one and out. For somebody who spent a lot of money over the years at City Field, please don't insult my intelligence by saying, well, that's, that's a factor. It's not a factor. Look at the revenues that came in. I retweeted a graph that came out. They took over in over $300 million in revenue. I'm not naive enough to think that the payroll of the baseball players is the only expense that they have. 
But I guarantee that in that $200 million or so range, there's probably some kind of profit considering revenue sharing, considering the, the BAM deal where they're getting 50, every team's getting $50 million or whatever. So this idea that it's the fans' fault that you're not spending money, that's, that's bullshit. I'm it sorry. It sounds like you should have written a blog post. Maybe I should have, but, like, <laughs> but you know what? It's, that doesn't change. No, like I, said, I get it. I get it, it. That's something that they said three years ago. That's what so, I'm saying. There was so nothing really nothing new, new came out. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So I, the idea, look, they should be out there more often. They shouldn't just speak once in a while. And if maybe these comments weren't in a vacuum, because they basically are. It's like you're telling us this. You're like, okay, we'll open up to you. We get it. We get it. We'll talk to you. It needs to be a continuing dialogue. If, fan, if you're really going to win over fans' hearts and minds, you're really going to be like, get them to buy in, that's fine. But you need to do it more than once every three years or once every seven years or whatever the case may be. Yeah. That's all and I'm Speaking saying. of speaking to the fans, I know that uh, you watched the press conference today and you're fired up about XFL. I love I, I like love it's it. A, it's a completely like 180 degree difference from what it was. Yeah. It's not like girls in bikinis and, yeah, and no you know, cheerleaders. It's completely and, opposite. Yeah. And he said numerous times today, today was probably the last time you're going to see him in front of. The, I doubt it, that's true. But yeah. the last time he's going to be on camera, he's going to hire a bunch of people. Right. But XFL 2020. It's kind of cool. See what happens. I think, it, I think it could be really fun. I have absolutely no idea what happened with that phone call. It's not Tim's fault. Something on the board here. I just put this thing back together after QBC. We are going to get to that in a second. But tonight's share contest is a good one. Yes. Uh, tomorrow at noon. The Atlanta tickets go up. If you're listening to this afterwards, hopefully they're not sold out by now. Well, hopefully they are, but if they're not, you should go to the website and pick them up. $42 a piece gets you the ticket to the game, a 20-ounce soda, uh, Coca-Cola beverage, um, uh, the the special event patch, and the special event T-shirt. So $42. They go up tomorrow with great, great value. We also are going to be tailgating. I'm talking to the the Braves about where we're going to set up. There's certain locations uh, you know, blocked off just for tailgating. But if you share the show right now, I'm going to give away two tickets for free. At the end of the show, Brian will scroll through. Everyone who shared the show and whatever it lands on, you get to come to Atlanta for free on me. And make sure that you can actually come to Atlanta. Well, even if you can't, give them away to a friend. I don't care who, yeah. who takes them. But someone's going to come to Atlanta on the house. And um, that's pretty much it. That is pretty much it. So you want to go to the QBC stuff? I guess so. Is there anything else to catch up on? I don't think so. Um, and you want to do the PSL shirt later? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm an idiot. Or do you also, want to do that now? No, we'll do it at the end. Right. Also, at the end, uh, the spring training shirt is approved from Major League Baseball. We are going to get to print in the next couple of days. We have a few tickets left, like 30 tickets left now to spring training. Monday will be the deadline to pick those up because we have to print them and ship them and all that good stuff. But we are going to show off the design after we get back from the QBC edit. And also... Our May 5th game is the Cespedes Garden Gnome Day. And I hit the Mets up and I said, hey, do you know what this thing looks like yet? Because I want to show the fans before they purchase the tickets. And they sent me the sneak peek. And cool. I thought that they had already posted it, but I guess they didn't. So we're going to actually break that here on the show. So Excellent. Stick around. QBC edit coming up. Thanks again to Keith, Dan, everyone else that made the day excellent. Catch Astoria. Check it out. How now, bro? How now? <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up? Unique New York. What's up, everybody? Here on location at the Queens Baseball Convention, the 2018 edition, the fourth official QBC here in Catch Astoria in Queens. Uh, what's up, man? I was just waiting for you to get here. I, I got here nice and early, setting up the place. It looks nice, right? Nice lights, camera, It looks action. wonderful. When he's, you, the, he's the big wig. Like, you know, I get here early, 9 a.m. Actually, left Long Island 7 in the morning. Yeah. Get here yeah. around 9, set up. What time is it now? It 1 is, p.m.? Yeah, it's just after 1. And a, uh, I was here time. 20 minutes ago. Big time. He's the big talent. And, and hold on. Not only that, but I think maybe, just maybe, that when you asked me what time I was going to get here, and I said <laughs> between 12.30 and 1 o'clock. You did tell me. All right. But maybe I thought 
maybe you're going to surprise me a little early, but I was, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Thanks for showing up. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time. All right, so we got a really, really cool day going on. Um, Chris Flexen is already here later. It's going to be uh, Brandon Nimmo checking in. And, of course, former All-Star catcher Todd Hundley. Uh, we're going to try to grab some of the players. We're going to talk to some of the panelists. This today. is my... For me, the most fun day of the offseason. Yeah. I, I look forward to QBC every single year. Mm -hmm. It's the only gathering of Mets fans since the Mets don't have a fan fest. So the fans took it upon themselves a few years ago. This is actually the fourth year of QBC. There yeah. was going to be five. One year was snowed out. Right. Blame Mother Nature. How happy was Keith that he got a 50-degree day, man? Oh, dead. today's beautiful. Just, I was almost going to wear shorts. Yeah, <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm excited to be here. I mean, there's a ton of fans here. I'll put this thing onto the room for a second. It's a little blurry for whatever reason. Yeah, but That's all right. Uh, whatever. It's always a good time. Catch is a great, great, great venue in Astoria. Bunch of beers on tap. Bunch of great food. The owner himself is a nice guy. We just uh, had a chat with him prior to going live. Actually, not live, but whatever this is. Prior live, to going, to, live to tape. Prior to going taped. Yes. And um, I just love it here, man. Yeah, it's good vibe, man. And it's, it's they really sold cool. out. So uh, all of is. you guys yeah. that watch Orange and Blue thing on Thursday nights when Brian and I were like, you should probably buy tickets. It's going to sell out. Take our advice next year because that's not like a marketing strategy. Right. It really was going to sell out. They were watching the numbers. They saw that they were every single day more and more people were buying tickets. And then guess what? You're outside. You can't get in. It's sold out. So next year, listen to us. Take our advice. That's it. Purchase early. You know what we got to do? We got to hire. Next time we do these like remote locations, I need a makeup artist. You need, you need Dominique. Look how shiny I am. You need Dominique from the old morning show. Yeah, give her a ring. Give her a ring. What's she up to lately? I have no idea. Not working at FAN. All right, guys. So uh, up next, Chris Flexen. We're going to sit down and chat with him and hope maybe he'll drink a beer with us. I don't know. How old is he? Old enough. Chris Flexen. You're actually our first in-person guest. It was supposed That's to be it. Mickey a couple weeks ago, but we had a big blizzard here, and we had to Skype him in from City Field. But you're actually like our first in-person guest. So really thank, awesome. Well, thank you very much. Show, I heard you watch us on Instagram every once in a while. Yeah, man. I follow you guys on Instagram, see your guys' stuff, and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, being part of the Mets as well, you know, seeing uh, the whole brand out there, it's, it's awesome. Well, we're excited to have you on. So what, uh, welcome to QBC. This is the, the fourth one. I know, I don't know how much you know about QBC, but a fan fest by the fans, and you're here, so everyone's excited to see, you know, a, a guy that's actually playing currently so i think it's cool a cool aspect that qbc brought to the table this year to get some current players yeah yeah you know dan and keith you know this event is awesome you know i'm very excited obviously like you said it's for the fans and uh you know and i think it's awesome to see uh you know be, be able to build a relationship with these guys uh, the fans and even you guys as well so yeah it's awesome I'm absolutely excited. we talked before we went live uh, and I said to you, like, are you on a tight schedule? Like, I'm going to be here until, like, 730. Dude, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 158. So I think, like, this is, like, QBC is on your calendar. You're just here all day. I love yeah, it, man. Yeah. I love it. Wait till, wait till the kids come and you freaking need an excuse to get out of the house. That's why I'm here, man. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got to work. I got to work on Saturday. It's weird. <laughs> uh, all right, talk to me about 2017. Um, basically, you know, our own self-evaluation. What did you like when you got up to the big club that you did, and what didn't you like? Yeah, I mean, I definitely learned a lot at the big club. Um, you know, I had some success along the way. Took my bumps and bruises, every, uh, you know, every now and then. But um, I think the biggest thing is just learning what it takes to pitch at that big league level. Um, you know, it definitely takes a, a different mentality to pitch at that level. You know, I definitely learned a lot. You know, even watching, the, you know, some of our guys like Degrom and stuff as well. But yeah, it was a it was a big jump. It was a very exciting time and. Uh, you know, I think it uh, definitely helped me as a player. What's it like as a as a young pitcher to learn to trust your stuff at the major league level? I know I know the walks were probably a little higher than you would like uh, to learn that. Look, I got to pitch to contact, but I'm pitching the best hitters in the world. What's that like to kind of learn on the fly and say, "Hey, look, I am good enough 
to get out on contact. Yeah, yeah. You know, it all comes down to that mental part of it about believing yourself, like you said, trusting your stuff. And, um, you know, it's definitely a work in progress. Like you said, yeah, the walks were a little high. You know, I know in AA, uh, you know, I had very minimal walks at that time and it came up and started walking a lot of people at the big league level. But, uh, you know, just getting used to, you know, that level of play again. Like you said, tr- trusting your stuff, you know, facing a lot of better talented guys. And, uh, you know, it's all about just being aggressive and attacking these guys. Sure. Have you had a chance to chat with Mickey yet or, or – does that is that kind of thing happen once you get to get to spring training or? Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll be able to meet him in person. Um, I've had a couple conversations with him on the phone. You know, he sent me a throwing program to follow and stuff. You know, that was pretty awesome. And I know obviously him coming from a successful pitching program as well over in Cleveland. You know, I'm very excited to work with him and uh, you know Danny Lynn as well. Yeah, yeah. But what can, what can you tell us about that program? Because that was a big thing. We're, we're gonna him and Dave Island are gonna get that program out. What's it like? How is it different than what you did in, in different off seasons? Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, just the information about, you know, long toss and what you're trying to accomplish throughout your throwing program and how to stay healthy, you know, definitely trusting and listening to your arm through that program. You know, if you're not ready one day and, you know, you dial it down, if you're good, you know, you let it fly. Sure. So. Do you live down in PSL now? I do, yeah. I bought a house in 2015. That's awesome. So, like, what's it like down there? It's like, is that like... Uh, you know, what's it like? Like, you got your teammates down there. Do you guys actually hang out together? Or is it more of like a business, like you're there for work? Like, no, yeah. That work? So, There's like, not much to do in Port St. Lucie. Yeah. <laughs> How um, old are you? So 23. All right. So, I mean, I'm a lot older than you. But, you know, at 23, if you want something to do on the, on the side when you're not working, you're not training, yeah. there's not a whole lot to do. In you port- can bowl. Port- yeah, so that, that was something I was uh, I did a lot before. I actually taught myself how to bowl left-handed uh, <laughs> yeah, after Tommy John. So I was actually really good at bowling at one point. And then uh, – I'm very into golf, so my dad works at the PJ yeah, yeah. Golf Club, so oh, we go play golf four oh, times a week. That's so that's awesome. yeah, yeah, that's the stuff it's that we're doing. Golf town. So you got a yeah, lot to absolutely. do then. You're not looking for the nightlife. You yeah. know, you got to stay off of page six. Yeah, I understand. And then, and then working over at Barwis, you got a lot of the uh, Mets guys that are over there working out. You know, uh, a few of them live over there. I know one of my best friends, uh, Tomas Nito. We always go golfing all the time. A lot of the guys so. came down already, right? Like a lot of the guys that you know. I guess you got to report officially next month, but there's a lot of guys actually down there already. Yeah, right? yeah, quite a few. Yeah, especially the guys that live over there. Cool. So I was doing a little bit of research before you sat down. I saw you have a couple of nicknames. One from you were a QB in high school, and you got two nicknames as far as Wikipedia is concerned. So I want to know what you're partial to. Is it Big Baby or the Flex Man? Uh, I've never heard of the Flex Man before. Yeah, you check your Wikipedia. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's there. Um, it's there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if it's on the internet, it's true. <laughs> if you we all heard, know that. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, you know, growing up, I was always called either Flex or Lil Flex. I'm a junior, so they always call my dad Big Flex, and they yeah. call me Lil Flex. And then uh, as soon as I got bigger than him, I started taking over the Big Flex name and let him know. But, uh, no, Big Baby came from uh, Dave Racanello this year. He looked at me, and obviously being so young and no facial hair and stuff, he goes, man, you look like an oversized baby. You know, and that just kind of stuck. Speaking and they of rap, me Big did, you, baby. did you hear years ago he actually climbed uh, Mount Kilimanjaro with Dickie? Like that, he he did that. Like really? Dickie did the whole thing. He raised a bunch of money for uh, it was called something outreach program. Oh wow! And then Rack did it with him. Oh no, I did not hear about that. And yeah, he also crazy. holds the record, I think, for the most amount of cheesesteaks ate over an over, over a, a weekend uh, in Philly. In Philly, right? Yeah, I don't know I what year that, that was, one. but there was like a record. Who could eat the most cheesesteaks? I mean, like, like 118 Friday. or something. It was like <laughs> ridiculous. Your Rack's got a lot of stories, man. He's been here a while. It's yeah. a great job, though. I mean, as long as you can keep. I mean, he doesn't have to produce. You know, he's yeah. got to produce. You know, you yeah, guys. But as far as getting on the field, there's a little bit less of stress on his back that he's got to like go out there and perform yeah, so yeah. i never met him but he sounds like a great guy yeah, he, he's awesome you know he's he's fun to talk to he's a crazy dude loves to go on adventures and stuff but yeah he's awesome all right so talk to me about 2018 um obviously look the mets bullpen needs a little revamping that that much is obvious so 
Is that one of your goals? Look, I want to go into spring training. I'm going to try to make the team as maybe one of the, maybe a relief spot. Are you still saying, look, I want to be a starter, and that's exactly what I want to do? How, what's, and what, how does that change one or the other? Like, if you go into spring training and say, hey, I want to grab a bullpen spot, is that different than saying, I'm a starter, and look, even if I get set, go to Vegas, I'm going to prepare a little differently? Yeah, um... You know, I'm definitely just going to be working hard for whatever opportunity that I get. Um, you know, obviously I would, I would like to be a starter, but, you know, if if, uh, if the organization and front office says, hey, we want you to be a reliever, you know, I'm very open to that as well. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna compete. I'm going to work hard to try to earn a spot. And like you say, yeah, it's, uh, you know, everything will take care of itself after that, whether it's triple A, double A, or back to the big leagues. So We don't expect you to be like, no, there's no chance. But that being said, What's the sense of the team? You know, you're, you're a player, so we're fans, and we just sit there and say, hey, we hope they're good. You know how, how Mets fans can be sometimes. Yeah. I don't know, another <laughs> season, bro. But yeah, yeah. in all seriousness, when you look at the roster as it's currently constructed, how do you feel about your chances of contending for an NL East title? Man, I think they're strong. I mean, obviously in the past, I think the biggest thing is just going to be um, health. You know, if these guys stay healthy, you know, a lot of the top guys, you know, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Harvey, you know, those guys are animals. You know, Matt Wheeler as well. So, you know, if that staff can stay healthy, you know, the bullpen close out games. And like I said, the biggest thing is going to be health. I think they can definitely contend. One last thing I want to, because you mentioned his name before. You talk about Jacob DeGrom. Just, we, we kind of get a sense now, you know, that Cindergard is kind of like a big personality. You know, he's a jokester, kind of a prankster. Harvey's Harvey, right? Is DeGrom, the guy, is DeGrom that sage, ace guy that's going to take young guys under his wing? Is that the role he plays? Because you, know, you don't hear a lot about Jake. You know, yeah. we hear he's very quiet and he seems like a nice, affable guy, but is that who Jacob DeGrom is in, in the locker room? Um, well, I haven't seen a lot of the young guys necessarily like under his wing or anything, but yeah, like I say, he's a good guy. You know, there's definitely a lot to learn from him, and you know, if you observe him and stuff. But um, lead by example kind of thing, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. You know, obviously he's a superstar and you know all star as well, and uh, you know, he's, yeah, he's definitely a guy that you want to look up to and lead by example. Awesome. So what else you got on the on the roster for the weekend? Is this it? You came to New York just for QBC? Or? Yeah, I came to New York for QBC. Probably gonna play golf tomorrow. Hang out with some buddies. And where are you playing tomorrow? Uh, back in Florida cool. over at PGA. Okay. Yeah, you had so. no, when are you going back tonight? Yeah, leave oh, tonight. Oh, wow. yeah, look I'll, at I'll that. I'll fly at 7.50. How about that? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, well thanks you wanna, for you coming out. You want to take the edge off? Yeah, beer yeah. You need, uh, you, need a, you need a drink or anything? <laughs> no, no. Nah, see, that's good. See, Jay Horowitz, look right now. This man knows. <laughs> we he knows not to drink on camera. He is, yeah, we're not twisting his arm. That's good. We're going to. All right, man, Chris, thanks so much, man. Oh, Good luck this season. Yeah, and uh, and we'll hope it. to see you at City and uh, hopefully see you getting a, a few high-leverage spots and absolutely, get some absolutely. big outs. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks again for having me on the show, absolutely. guys. You guys are awesome. Chris, oh, oh, look at that. Chris Flexen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, of the New York Mets. All right, guys, we're here at QBC with WOR's Pete McCarthy. Pete, what's going on, man? Yeah, what's up, guys? This is great. This is eight blocks from my apartment, so and I cannot beat the commute. Dude, you can't here. beat that at <laughs> all. This, this is where I go when you know, I'm always there uh, before and after the games for you know the, the pre-post on WOR, but when the Mets play on the West Coast, mm. 
as long as it's not going to rain, I get out early. This is where I come to watch the games. No way, really. Check out some of those West Coast games. Yeah, this is perfect. Perfect place to have the QBC. Catch getting the uh, nice uh, little pump up here. You couldn't couldn't big-time QBC, like, I can't really make it. It's a little far from my house. Yeah, the excuses are kind of difficult to make once uh, (laughs) once everyone knows. They ask me, like, hey, you need a parking pass or anything like that? I'm like, no, I'm just (laughs) just going to walk. Roll out of bed. (laughs) I left at, like, 1. I got here at 108. Tell us a little bit about, like, the whole gig. So as far as what you do uh, with the post-game show, are you more of, like, on, on, like, the beat side? Like, how do you get your your intel? Are you you working on sources? You just watch the games and report what you see? Or, like, walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a fan than a reporter, I think. Um, You know, obviously I'm up on everything that's happening. We get the players on the show, so we get, you know, some information from those guys. But I'm giving the opinion of what happened in the game. I'm watching the game like every other fan. I'm listening to it on the radio, watching it on TV. And reacting to it, and you know, listening to now it'll be Mickey Calloway post game and what he has to say, and you know, agree or disagree with you know whatever decision is made in a given game. So that's how I'm doing in the sports zone when we come on after Wayne Randazzo at the post game show, and then you know, Mets on deck is a little bit of a different show beforehand. Uh, so that airs an hour before first pitch, and that'll be you know a lot of the information, you know, what's happened in the last over the last day. Uh, that you need to know to be caught up on what's happening. A little bit of my take from you know last night's game as well. Our show is going to talk more Mets than any sports radio show in New York. That's what we are. We're the Mets flagship. Uh, we're on a station that you know isn't all sports. I do my sports talk show in the off season six to nine. So you know seven oh five every night, no matter what's going on. Day after the Super Bowl, I'm talking Mets. Yeah. We do our Mets hot stove report. So you know that's, that's got to be tough. No, it's, it's, like. but it's why I listen. But yeah, I gotta yeah, be yeah. honest with you, like, if I want to hear Mets talk, which is such a divestiture from how it used to be, because it used to just be like, oh, I'll just turn on FAN and that's it. But now, if I want to hear Mets talk, I and I'm not just blowing smoke, I, I'll turn you on because it's, it's the idea. It's, that's great. Yeah, that's what because, we're hoping to to build. And I, I think we are building it, and absolutely. this is our fourth off season now. Uh, so you know, I, I don't know if Yankee fans know we exist. But I'm not going to talk about the Yankees. Right, right, right. I'll, I'll talk about it from a Mets point of view. I'll sit there and say, the Yankees got Stan. This yeah. is terrible. Yeah, yeah, Rather yeah. than, you know, oh, great for the Yankees. So, you know, it's a Mets point of view, certainly, on everything. So talk about 2018. What do you, what do you envision from this team right now? Yeah, I, I, I think they're on the outskirts of playoff contention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at them. If they started tomorrow, which they don't, but I would look at it like an 84-win team. And, you know, they have... The ability of, you know, we all know the ifs uh, where they could be good, and then there are the ifs where they could be terrible again. Uh, So I think there's more that they have to get done. You have a hole at second base. I really think they need to go out and get a starting pitcher that could give them innings. And I know there's this focus on the bullpen now throughout the sport, and it's the bullpen arms that have gotten picked up and gotten the big deals. But look at what happened with the Mets last year. It wasn't just that the bullpen was bad. It was that they had to pick up all those innings because the starting pitchers weren't getting deep. You need to have... That Bartolo Colon type. I don't want Bartolo back. I know it's unpopular here. But I want that type of guy, someone that could give you 180 innings. It's going to take the ball every five days. That's something they have to get done. I think they need a leadoff guy as well. Uh, Let me ask you a question. Let's say, uh, and you like Harrison. I'm sorry to cut you off there. Let me ask you a question. Let's, provided that the reports are true, that they have about $10, $15 million left to spend. And they could go get a guy like Lance Lynn, somebody like that who can slot right into the rotation, maybe bump one of those fourth, fifth starters like Wheeler or something back to the bullpen. Or you could go out and get Harrison or Frazier or whatever. 
Would you opt for the rotation option versus upgrading the infield? I would go. I want a leadoff type player. And okay. I, I like Todd Frazier, but I think they have enough power in the lineup now. Okay. I want someone who can make some things happen on the base paths. I don't need 60 stolen bases. I just want someone to go first to third on a sure. base hit. Sure. I think that's something they need. They need somebody at the top of the lineup that could get on base. Right now, who would you have hitting leadoff? Uh, against righties, it's Nimmo to start. He's not even, you know, a starter, starting outfielder I mean, right if, now. If Conforto's it's going to be Ligaris, uh, Confort, uh, excuse me, Ligaris, Bruce Cespedes to start. And it, against, but back. against, but Ligaris isn't probably going to play against against uh, right-handed pitching, right? I think they all value his defense and play him over Nimmo. But yeah, yeah I mean, Nimmo's the kind of guy that I can mean, hit leadoff. What, what I would assume, what I would assume is right now, it's Nimmo versus lefties, Ligaris versus righties in center field, with Nimmo hitting leadoff, and then I would assume you would go Rosario. Or give Lazar- Rosario a shot against against. I mean, he didn't control the strike zone well. Yeah, last you're right. Year you're you're 100 percent right. Base enough. I, I think that's the big potential for the Mets is if Rosario right. develops and controls the strike zone better, and he starts getting on base more. Mm-hmm. Love to have him at right. the top of the lineup with everything else that he brings to the table, but I, I can't put him there yet. Hey, let me Morgan. ask. Let me ask. Yeah. Uh, one thing I love is when I'm there you know, on the, the weekends, usually the Saturdays, mm-hmm. and the Mets are playing on the road, and I'm listening to the radio feed in studio, and I hear just this wall of noise of Mets fans, <laughs> uh, you know, coming over the speakers. It, it's phenomenal. What's what would you say is the big trip this year? What uh, Boston? Boston. Yeah. Sixteen hundred oh, wow. tickets. Okay. I, I told the uh, Red you Sox. You got sixteen hundred at Fenway on yeah. the field level. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, and I said Penske pole, which is wrong. <laughs> Pesky. Uh, Pesky pole. Uh, yeah, on the field level, right field. They, they roped us in where they included $40 of concession credit into our ticket, so they got us kind of by the neck. They said the only way the upper management were, were, would agree to uh, having that many Mets fans in the building was if they built in, like, a concession credit on our ticket. But whatever. I mean, 1,600 fans is a lot of fans. I don't think that uh, ballpark's amazing. ever seen that many fans from another team show up and kind of dominate the, the place. The Yankee fans don't show up like that. That's it. That, that's exactly. awesome. I'll tell you, I, I love what I do. I love my job. And I'm there all 162 games. The one thing I wish I got like one day off is one of these road trips where you guys hang out with the seven line, be out there. Maybe, the yeah, maybe Boston, yeah, a little cough comes up. Well, not that, just be like, listen, you know, find a replacement for the night. I think that you could do a lot better, not better reporting, but like a different aspect to your post game show by being there. Like, on I assignment. Got, I got to be like man well, on the street. Uh, I have hung out with you guys a little bit. I think it might be tough to be on air after, uh, you know, hanging out with you guys a <laughs> well, What are you trying to say, Pete? Well, that would defeat the purpose drink. for me, too. I, I want to hang out get the whole experience. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. So, yeah, so we got a lot going on this year. But anyway, yeah, thank, you, thank you for the kind words. Awesome. WRS Pete McCarthy, thanks for hanging out, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks so much for having us on, guys. All right. Me we'll, on. Be, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back with more players and panelists from QPC 2018. Oh, yeah. I can hear myself and stuff. Just try to be as close as you can to the mic. I will. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Brian Ernie and Darren Meenan with USA Today's Ted Berg. Ted, what's up, man? Chilling. Chilling. Straight yeah. chilling. I could tell because I came in with energy and you're like, whoa. whoa. Yeah, it's, well, I've, I'm so close to the microphone here that I feel like I'm on NPR, like I should speak. You should, yeah, yeah. Like That's, a, it's actually, we brought you on here to talk about politics and only politics. All right, good. Yeah, well, that's not a good idea. And look, <laughs> looking good, by the way, dude. Thanks. Looking thanks. nice yeah, man. You I saw your Instagram post. You uh, guys are also looking good. Thank you. you yeah. we, we, I feel like I haven't seen you guys in, in a year or so. For, for a while. Yeah. That's like. what we love about this event. It brings so many people together don't typically get to see each other as often. And, you know, we catch up. 
hopefully we're getting getting ready for a winning season. But not only that, we're just catching up with our old friends and new friends and trying to make you know a fun day out of it. You know? uh, can I say I have never I've never been to this event. Are you before? serious? I have not. I feel like a ch- oh, you know what? The last time I saw you was at that Mets. What's new at City Field event right, last right. year? Yeah, um, that's right. This is awesome. This is so fun. There's uh, tons of people here. And it turns out I just hosted the Todd Hunley panel. How'd that go? It turns out Todd Hunley's great. He has a lot of things to say. I was so nervous that he would give, like, one-word answer. Because yeah. I, I don't know. I've never met him before, yeah. right? No, he's great. It was great. I was uh, The problem was uh, I d- he, he had so much to say that we were at, like, 90, 1993 by the time it was time <laughs> to wrap up. And it was well, like, oh, I didn't even get to the big seasons. And, yeah, so, um, but it was fun. So let's talk. I mean, first of all, congratulations because we mentioned you mentioned the looking good. I read the post about the Groupon uh, trainer things. Uh, yeah. So you've lost some weight. You are a new dad. So congratulations there too. Thank you. Thank you. So that's very exciting stuff. And you know, I think a lot of people still remember you from Ted Quarters from SMY. Certainly in this circle. Yeah. 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 So talk to us a little bit about the USA Today gig. How has it been? acclimating to being basically you know a national baseball writer you know uh, what's that like it's awesome uh it's hard i know way too much about baseball like almost almost it's almost embarrassing um and i try to like because you want to present this in a way that's not that doesn't sound arrogant but people will start like trying to fight with me online and it's like (laughs) bro i don't know if you know what you're getting into but literally i spend 45 hours a week just reading or writing about baseball (laughs) so i just know too much i know all of these things i can tell you (laughs) the back like in the middle of the season i can tell you the backup infielder for every team because it's just it comes up um, so that part is awesome. Uh, a lot of it is it's very different than writing a blog for SNY where your audience is Mets fans who want to know what I ate for lunch. Uh, whereas now it's your audience could be everybody and people from St. Louis who don't care at all what I ate for lunch. Um, so there's some adjustments that like even now five years into it I'm still working on. But it's it's a cool job. It's fun. You're a Mets grew up a Mets fan mm-hmm. are you let's let's go there would you still consider yourself a Mets fan now so I I'm not supposed to be right for sure <laughs> right. and early in my career at USA Today I once got uh, reprimanded by a boss who is no longer there for uh, showing myself in the Omir Santos t-shirt. Do you remember the Omir yes. Santos t-shirt? No, I don't remember. When that. Omir Santos came up with the Mets, uh, for some reason they, they did a bunch of, well, not for some reason. It was a cool idea. They did player-designed t-shirts. Oh, I do um, remember that. Yeah. But among them, and it was like, you know, Daniel Murphy had a t-shirt and Gary Sheffield had a t-shirt, and for some reason Omir Santos had a t-shirt. He was a backup catcher, and his t-shirt was just Omir Santos with a bunch of, like, blue lightning bolts coming out from <laughs> So obviously I bought it immediately. Um, um, and at one point in like when I first started USA Lay, I I Instagrammed myself wearing the T-shirt, and I got scolded Big for because you shouldn't be wearing team yeah, gear. Yeah, and you'll yeah. see like today I'm here uh, wearing a, a flannel shirt, but but you can't train yourself out. And of it, also right? like there's five years worth of stuff online of me talking about being of a Mets fan. So there's only so I'm not gonna lie to people. Um, I was in Boston that game when he hit the home run off Papelbon. Right. That was incredible. The, the old miracle. That yeah. was great. I'll never forget it. Uh, yeah. So The only thing we'll never forget out of the <laughs> yeah, 2009 season. That was it. Um, so, so it's, yeah. So I'm still, I mean, I still watch a lot of Mets games. I'll say that. Okay. That's fair. Um, I can say I still primarily watch. I watch. I do watch a lot more baseball now. And so I do watch West Coast teams a lot. Uh, I love Mike Trout so much that I watch the Angels a lot. 
it is different. I don't, I don't pull for the Mets in the same way I did uh, when I was a kid or even when I was working at, at SNY, but I do still watch the Mets constantly. What is your take on the Adrian Gonzalez thing? We've had a lot of fans reach out to us and say, I'm Team Dom. What are they doing? They're well, going to block every, this guy. I mean, every fan is always going to be uh, Team prefer- Homegrown. Right? Everybody wants the young guy that they've been waiting on for four years, mm-hmm. and, and especially after the season Gonzalez had, which was not good, after t- ditching the NLCS to go on vacation with his family, and I don't know the backstory there, but um, it's not going to be a popular move. I almost feel like the point of that move, and this is based on no inside information whatsoever, I almost feel like that's like, hey, Dom Smith, it's not your job. Right. Is basically what that's saying, right? It's like, hey. I, I said the same thing about inviting Peter Alonso to Major League Spring Training. There you go. Hey, look, you got Adrian Gonzalez in front of you and Peter Alonso behind yeah. you. Right, and, and, Step it up. and I don't know Dom Smith personally at all, uh, but we know like the weight has been a thing for him. And so if there are uh, – I can't tell you that he has any issues with motivation. He's a, a major leaguer, right? So presumably he's a very motivated guy. But if they want to light a fire under him, signing Adrian Gonzalez seems like the perfect way, especially at the league minimum. Let's talk about the job now. Um What's the coolest thing that you've been able to do? You mentioned being at the World Series every year. What's the one, oh, my God, what am I doing here moment of working for USA Oh, there's been a bunch. I mean, I, I, uh, my first year, I walked the warning track at Fenway Park talking to Pedro Martinez before a World Series game. And I was like, this is, this is it now? This is what I get to do, <laughs> right? Um, I took batting practice with Mar- Marion Rivera. Uh, that I saw the video dope. of that. Yeah, it was. Dope. I got some. I got. I made some solid contact. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he was throwing like seventy. It wasn't <laughs> like he was bringing it. Um, man, and then like honestly, this this past World Series, game two happened. That was the one that was back and forth, yeah. sort of late. And I was like, man, that's the best baseball game I've ever seen in my life. Is kind of, am I right about that? Like, I, I, it was in my head. I'm trying to run it back through every game I've ever seen. That's the one with like the, the ton of home runs. Yeah, a ton, of, was, ton yeah. of late home runs. Yeah, it was yeah, a close yeah, game yeah. for the whole game, and then there were late home runs. And then game five happened, and that was the 13-12 to 12 game. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's the best baseball game yeah. I've ever seen in my life. And, and I had that game ended, I think, at like 12.30 local time. Yeah. And I had a 7 a.m. flight. So I just... I Stay stayed. Up. Well, I mean, you're not. Done. I wasn't done working. I didn't leave the park until 3 a.m. or so. Yeah. So I had to stay up. I went to Whataburger. Found out Whataburgers <laughs> are open 24 hours, um, and, and went straight to the, the airport. And it's like one of these things where you're like, I'm. I've been on the road for a month. I'm exhausted. Right. Like I'm hungry. I'm, I feel kind of gross because I just ate Whataburger. Whataburger at 3:30 in the morning, and I can't. I can't. Like, I, and I maybe at some point you lose that. But I'm still so jazzed up about baseball, which is kind of sad because I'm 36 years old. I should it should stop happening at no, some point. No, absolutely. But no, no I just was like, I, I wouldn't even sleep anyway. It doesn't even matter because yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. so excited about. I was that prime eyelids open for half those games during yeah. the postseason. But you know, we were talking about like, how do you get younger fans to watch these games when they start so freaking late? So it's like you want to appeal to the young fan base, but like the games, you can't. You yeah, know? so it's, and, and it's, a, it's a tough spot. It's obviously they want the primetime money, of course. But at some point, it does feel like how who is none of the kids that you want to hook are still up at one a.m., two a.m. Eastern right, time right, right. watching that game. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that. You're not the only one who thinks that, right? Like, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, well, let's why? put you on the spot then. We got Before we let you get out of here, let's put you on the spot. Talking about pace of play, because this was in the news this week. 
that the players don't want it. It's a the pitch o- clock now. Yeah, the owners are going to force it. What meaningful, truly meaningful things could they do to both appeal to that casual fan, that young fan, and also stay true to the game? I mean, I, I like the pitch clock. I, I, I know it's not a popular thing, but I think that's the one. I think that that's, I mean, the, what's making the game take so long, it's not like there's more action. There's more strikeouts and there's more walks, right? Like, you, you, you need it to happen faster, and it feels like it's not, right? And, and I get that you can't, like, in the rule book it says 12 seconds. It would be ridiculous. It would look ridiculous to see a pitcher. I remember, remember Glendon Rush. Yeah. Like Glendon Rush would just catch the ball and just chuck it right. What's back. it going to be? Twenty. Um, so it's going to be twenty. I think that's totally reasonable. And I think I would even go to like sixteen in the minors. So guys just come up with the sense of this is how the speed. This is how it has get to get ready. Move. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like also keep like it would be. It's a shame that it seems like they're going to do it with Rob Manfred sort of unilaterally implementing this against an unwilling group of players because it would be cool if there was some trade-off they can make to make the players okay with it. I get if you're a pitcher, you don't want to now all of a sudden deal with this new thing that you've never dealt with your whole life. But I do think that starting guys in the minors and also getting guys to understand, like, this is for all of us here, right? Like, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. we want baseball to be more popular, so we all need to step up. And, and again, like, we're all baseball fans we're all good with how the game goes now but i do think if you want to get more casual fans and more kids into the game it, you can't have a four-hour long nine-inning sure. game it just can't happen you as, said a, as a parent now too yes, like, yeah. you know as, i don't want to sound like a grumpy old man now that i'm 30 how old am i 37 you gotta go to bed we both have kids like you know i've got to be up at, no matter what goes on in this baseball game i gotta be up at 5 36 yeah, in the morning exactly. so like i don't really want to be up till two in the morning watching these baseball games. and at that point it's like you're like <laughs> i'm already committing 162 nights of my life every summer. Give me, give me an occasional two and a half hour game. Yeah. All right, so you're a man in the know. So here are my suggestions. You ready? So you can, okay. you can feel free to pass I, these on. I don't have any sort of. I'm going to pretend like you are. All right. All right. No warm up pitches for relievers coming into the game. Okay. They just threw a game. So out what, there. I, what? What would you think about about uh, a reliever comes in? He has to face a minimum of three batters. I'm. You know what? At, or till the end of the inning. I don't, or till the end of the I inning. don't think so because I think that changes the nature of the game. It I, does. I think if you say, look, you just warmed up for 20 minutes. You don't need seven pitches. You just don't, And we don't need a commercial break. That trims but the you want, But they want to get adjusted to the mound because guys are all concerned. If you talk to major league relievers, uh, there's a lot of conspiracy, the- conspiracy theories about bullpen mounds. Okay. So they'll be like, oh, the L.A. bullpen mound is, is too close, and that's how they get you to – Bounce a uh, or to hang a, a breaking right. ball when you. When My you other one is to limit the it limit it count catchers vi- uh, mound visits as mound visits. That's reasonable. I mean, I mean that's a, and like how embarrassing is it that every single time a runner gets on second base, they need to go out yeah. and confer. <laughs> you have signs for a reason. If your signs aren't that good, like remember the signs. Remember the signs, right? Like it's. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, yeah, you're I 100% with right, you. So there we go. We just fixed the game. Look at that. <laughs> there it is. Ted Berg from USA Today. Uh, catch him over there on Twitter at, at OG Ted Berg. It still is, right? The OG it is. Ted Berg. Always. Always. You, it would not be OG if I could not keep See, it OG. That's, that's why you're <laughs> right? always keeping it real. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. I think you recognize our next guest here. The one, the only, Mr. Met. What is going on? What's I happening? Think, I think you have to do like yes and no's with Mr. Matt. How's it work? All right. Was the family good? Family's good? Yeah? All right. All right. Well, that's good. So, oh, yeah? 
<laughs> so listen, last year we, we tried to dive a little bit into the whole feud you have, Mr. Noah Syndergaard. I was team Mr. Met. My buddy over here was team Noah. Look, 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 look. I want to explain. Hold on. Let me explain. Let me explain. <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know, I'm thinking about the team on the field, and, and I'm prioritizing that. But maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was wrong. I feel very uncomfortable right now. I'm not gonna <laughs> He was trying to get on Noah's good side, I think. But I was down, I'm down with Mr. Look at this. See? There you there go. You go. I, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, man. So you're enjoying yourself today, Mr. Matt? Can we get you a beer? Mm. <laughs> it's more of, a, more of a hot dog guy. I understand that. I get it. I get it. I get it. You got to keep it family friendly. Well, let's get to the root of this whole thing with Noah because we need to know. Can you patch it up for 2018? Can you fix it coming into the new year? No? That, that seems like a no. Eh, little bit of, little bit of A, a little bit of B. I understand. I mean, I get it. Look, you take shots at your wife, you know, that's, that's, dude, we're both married guys. That's what I'm saying. For the good of the team here, we might need to mend the fences. We might have to. Look, I'm just putting it in your head. Just an idea. Can we do like a, you got any custom handshakes we could do? Anything we could learn on the fly? I like that. That's cool. I dig that. I dig that. <laughs> the same thing? I know. I dig that. That's our, that's our orange and blue thing now. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mr. Matt. Appreciate it. Mr. Matt, thanks for hanging Always out Always a us. pleasure. Next, this year is going to be it. This is our year. Mr. Matt, the one and the only, the incomparable Mr. Matt, mascot Hall of Fame, baseball's favorite mascot, Mr. Matt, here on Orange and Blue Thing. Stay tuned for more from the 2018 Queens Baseball Convention. All right, we're back here at QBC 2018 from Catch in Astoria. We are joined by the one and only... Matt Cerrone, who is taking <laughs> videos and pictures and being the social media maven we know oh, yeah. him to be. What's up, Matt? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? I love this. This is awesome. This date always gets me a little extra charged up for spring training. Next thing you know, February's here. Spring training, pitchers and catchers. We'll be down there, and it's, it's, a, it's a good time. Yeah, it's the thing that I talk to everybody here about. Like, are you going to spring training? Going to spring training? Because, like, I don't think people realize, and we've all been there, and, like, <clears throat> we've done work there together, yeah. which is awesome. Like, I don't think people realize just how great it is because it's the only time of year where there's actual baseball going on, but there's no consequence. Right. But spring training itself, I mean, I went down my first year solo, and that's when we kind of became more friendly with each other. Yeah. And um, I feel like a lot of uh, good relationships are formed down there because, number one, I mean, you were there for work, and I was there just to promote the seven line, but, like, First and foremost, when you go to, like, Duffy's, you meet fans that are just there for a good time. Mm -hmm. And that's what baseball should be about. Just enjoy your life and have fun. And, and uh, especially, why, why wouldn't you want to get away from, like, the harsh end of, of uh, northeast winter? Enjoy some time down near the palm right. trees, you know, and, and drink some nice beer at, uh, what's your place? You Vine and Bar. Vine and Bar. Sorry, I know yeah. they're not paying you. You're that's all right. Yeah, that's well, right. you know, uh, yeah, I mean, before <laughs> Matt got on with us, there was a label showing us, like, get the hell out of here. They're not paying us, you that's know? That's it. So you just you recently uh, announced that you're back for Mets Blog for another year, uh, another one year deal, right? Is that, mm -hmm. that that's accurate? So you're going to do the 2018 season. Uh, talk to us about what it's been like to see Mets Blog evolve from you know college project to the SMY deal to now. How's it changed? Uh, well, it's it the the site has changed a ton yeah. as you know uh having been part of it for a little while um what hasn't changed and the reason i think i keep doing it is because you know i'm still a mets fan i still enjoy it it's still fun you know i still care about what happens with the team and expressing an opinion about it and providing a service frankly being able to say to people like hey go to your meeting do your thing um i'm here 
I'll let you know what I think of this. And, you know, it just provides that little op- opportunity for people to kind of tie back in and kind of get a center about what's going on with the team. Twitter does the same. That's fine. Um, but I think what I do is help sort of contextualize it and give you sort of a fuller opinion to either agree or disagree with. And I like playing that role. And if people are reading and, they're, and there's a role for me, great. If people aren't reading and there's not, I'll do something else. But, you know, either way, I'm a Mets fan. I enjoy it. And I like expressing the opinion. And so, like, as long as that clicks, not much has changed. I mean, a lot has changed around it. But inside, not much. The fan sentiment is one thing that, that goes, it's all across the board all sure. the time. You've been doing this through good times, you know, uh, 2006. You've been doing, and 2015, you've been doing it through a lot of bad years. Um, is there something, too yeah, too many, frankly, too many. Yeah. What, uh, talk to me about this offseason, this palpable anger in the fan base. Has it ever been like this before in the last 15 years? The work, it's funny. The worst and best I've ever seen came back-to-back days, which was <clears throat> when everyone thought Cespedes was going to sign with the Nationals. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, people were freaking out, right? And then the next day, oh, everything's fine. Yeah. Roster's fine. Yeah. We're great. Yeah, yeah, World yeah. Series. Everyone. Yep. One move, span of a couple hours, 100%, you know, 180 degrees. And that was so, after the 2015. Right. Right. So... That to me, like that was that was the that was the Grand Canyon. Okay. I mean, really, honestly, this this is just more of the same, mm-hmm. and it's because it's more of the same approach, which is, well, frankly, the the fact that we don't know what the approach is. I think that's where the the uh, tension and the stress and the anxiety and the frustration all because we don't as fans we're on the outside, right? We we want to know where we want hope. Right, you got to believe. Like that's ultimately what what Mets fans I think are about, and I still think we are. And when the team isn't giving you anything to go on, because you don't really have a sense of where they're headed, and the moves all feel disjointed or at the very least inexpensive, it it creates that frustration and it makes it annoying. Now, at the same time, they've got this awesome rotation. There's a lot of reasons to be positive. Mickey Callaway, I think, is going to be huge. Dave Island, I think, is going to be huge. And so I think we rationalize that and realize, well, you know, the team that wins the offseason doesn't necessarily win in the long run. And so I think we can rationalize it and kind of get through it, but it doesn't change the fact that it'd be nice to know where this is going. Right. You talk about people who win the offseason. Obviously, the Yankees are one of those teams that's won the offseason. The Mets have made some moves. You know, Anthony Swarzak, Jay Bruce. Swarzak's underrated. That move is underrated. I know you agree. I I would definitely agree with that. If they made one more move, and that, you, you know, you've talked about that on the blog. You mm-hmm. seem to have said, we had Pete McCarthy on before, and he said, I want Josh Harrison because uh, they need a, they need a leadoff bat. I prefer him over the other infield guys. I would even prefer him over a starter. I know what you feel about a starter. If you had $10 million, one move, one more guy, who is it? Can I get 15 I don't know. Jeff, Jeff, will you give me another five? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, if, if you'll give me another five, um, I'd rather the starter because, like I wrote on, on Metzbog, I just feel like the difference that's going to get made up on the infield versus stabilizing what is supposed to be your strength. It's supposed to be the rotation. Like, that's the key. And the reality is that while I, I think DeGrom and Syndergaard are going to be awesome, I don't know what the rest. I mean, I think they have the potential, but we don't know. And so the difference between having three guys that can go out there, and let's just put the numbers what they are. Like, 
if those three guys are going to make 90 starts ideally and they can win 50 or so of them, which is realistic, that means the other 70 starts, you only have to win, you win less than half. So I'd rather lock in those three and just have that rock-solid at least half of a rotation and deal with the fielding. I mean, you know, every year we, the Mets go through this, and every team goes through it. You struggle with offense. There's always bats available in the, in the summer. They got Jay Bruce. They got Cespedes. Bats move all the time for, for very little price. Yeah. So you can float your – I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe Adrian Gonzalez is good, and suddenly yeah. that's not an issue. Or maybe he's not, and Dom Smith steps up in May. You don't know. So, like, float it. But what I do know is that it's so hard to get starting pitching in the summer. We've seen it with the Mets all the time. So, like, I'd rather just the, give, me the, give me the known quantity in the rotation. Build your, your strength. Build your asset as a business person, right? Like, double down on what's working. Don't bolster the weakness, you know, and, and go for it. As much as you can tell us, I don't know what, how much you want to, like, let out of the bag now, but you got something new in the works. Do you want to talk about it or no? If you don't, we can cut this out. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so... I don't know if this is breaking news. No, or no, no, it's not breaking news at all. It's uh, so I, I write Mets blog. I do that, but I also on the side do. Uh, I shouldn't even say at the side at this point. It's really the focus of my time. But I do a lot of work with uh, sports brands and consulting and things like that. So I'm trying to build um, more of a, a subscriber based, not like the Athletic, but something where that's more one on one with 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 fans, a content delivery kind of thing. So um, yeah, it's something to kind of stay tuned on. I'm, I'm trying to build this organically. It doesn't exist. Um, so it's new for me. I, I feel like, you know, I did Mets blog years ago and was able to kind of change the game a little bit. Um, new challenge. Yeah, if I could take a crack at something new, like, that's, I'm all for it. It's funny because I've had a bunch of conversations with people that are like, why are you doing anything? Like, just do Mets blog. Because that's just you not. need something fresh. Yeah, yeah it's just not my fresh. DNA. Like, I, yeah. it's just, I get. If you yeah. don't evolve, you, you die. And you got right. to keep doing something fresh. And it's the only way, you, like, even with this, like, we started this last year. And it's just like, I felt like it was like a breath of. Not that I've been doing it forever, but, you know, 2009 oh, no, to now, it's been, you know, almost 10 years. And then starting something new, I think, your brand, like, you're a brand. Like, the seven lines of brand. Is. You know, just uh, doing something new evolves yeah. and you stay fresh with what's going on, you but know? People think about it in terms of... You can't do the same thing every day. You're going to get burnt. No, and right. It's not people, fun. Th- people think about branding and stuff like that, like, as, an indiv- as, as a business or money from a, a revenue point of view and, and product. But the reality is that, like, you have a brand at work. Like in your office or wherever it is you work. So like there's that concept and the idea of like how I'm viewed. This is partly, oddly enough, why I love Survivor so much because there's so much of that. This idea that like I think I know who I am, but how these people perceive me and how I use those relationships and how they're using me and like what we're doing here to move forward in, in our wants and needs, like it's not easy, right? Your dad's like... You know, you look at your, your kids like you think you want them to be able to navigate the world and do these things. Like, that is what we are as, as people. So, like, be aware of that shit when you're in your office and you're at work. Like, how you're perceived and how you use that is going to matter. Resumes matter, but, like, who you are, what you stand for, and, you know, what people know you're about and how you work. Like, that is your brand, so to speak. Absolutely. And, you know, whether you're selling shirts or doing show, whatever it is, selling tickets to a like how people perceive it and whether they want to buy into that and invest in it emotionally, monetarily, that's what matters. So how far along are you on this idea? Is it this season, maybe next season? Like, do you have to like build an app? Like, like... Um, nope. It, uh, it should be this year. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's hard. I, I mean, I'm, I'm obligated. putting you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's okay. I'm obligated to SNY in terms of Mets stuff, uh-huh. which is great. And I, 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 you know, that's my, my baby. So it's hard to, 
it's funny. I said to my wife, you know, we have two little girls, and like I, I was trying to make the analogy, and I was like, you know, it's hard to, you know, it's sort of like the girls are going off to college, and like I'd have to just let it go. Like I, I'm, not, I'm just not ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm just not ready. Like I, I still need to be involved. Which I don't know what that means for when my girls are going yeah. on, but whatever. Um, you got some time. No, I get yeah. it. I mean, even but with it's this, it's like it's yeah. like Brian's been holding down the blog, you know, like lead writer, been been handling like posting the stories, and he deals with all the bloggers and stuff. So last week, I was actually on a cruise. So I right. woke up and got Wi-Fi, and I look at the site, and it's like the site was working. Yeah. And I'm like, that's weird. I know. But I mean, for you, I mean, you got, you know, it's it's a completely different ballgame. Yeah, game, but, I mean, you could step away. It's and tough for me, though. To, like, to, he, Brian was like tweeting. I was like, oh, that's, I don't know. You I, still have the, the, the merchandise business component. I don't, you know. I right, have right, it to me. It's right. content, but so to see your like it. your baby being yeah. uh, put to bed by somebody else, not yeah, put to bed like no, not in that aspect. You know what I mean? No, like, I understand. It's being so fed strange. by someone else is weird. It's a weird feeling and sustained and everything else. So like, um, so the, the, to answer your question, um, soon it's it's a yeah. It, I, as far as a Mets thing goes, uh, who knows? Um, but uh, you know what I'm hoping to do is work with other companies, other people that are you know trying to reach sports fans and utilize it in that capacity. And then we'll see where things cool. go. All well, the best. considering the track record, you shouldn't have any problem. You should be very successful. And I we're, we're all we're all, you know, rooting for you. And uh, we'll stay tuned, man. Cool. Good luck with it, Matt Cerrone of MetsPlug.com. Yeah, yeah. That's it. All right, stay tuned, guys, for more from QBC. All right, guys, welcome back to Queens Baseball Convention 2018. We are here with the Mets outfielder Brandon Nimmo. What's up, man? Yeah, no, not much. Just uh, just enjoying my time out here. You guys, uh, thanks for having me on. Your first yeah. QBC experience. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. It was it was great. You know, they, they got the fans in here. Um, got to go one on one with them and really relate with them. And I uh, I think they enjoyed it. And I know I did. We didn't catch the panel, but uh, we heard some laughs and everything in there. So I think you were yeah. like, someone said that you had the whole room eating out of your hand. Oh, uh, that's we, how they explained it. I, I don't know. I, I'm glad if that's if that's how they're describing it, but uh, I was just trying to be genuine and honest with them. And uh, you know, we talked about some real personal stuff, uh, like coming up and uh, that experience with my parents and my dad, especially, um, and just being able to kind of go back into those memories. And uh, you know, we had we had good laughs around there, and uh, and I hope they enjoyed it. When Brian and I talk about this a lot, like. The, when a player puts themselves out there in that situation, even you know, not a, not maybe in a, in a convention or a Q and A with a player and a fan in a room like that, but even like at spring training when you go the extra mile, I think that goes a long way. So yeah. I think stuff like this, you know, we had Flexing on earlier and he hung out for like hours afterwards. So <laughs> yeah, like, I know he he's and he's great. He's a great personal guy, and um, that's something that you just try and do. You kind of try and bridge that gap because when you are on the field and you wear that jersey, um, for some reason, you know, people think that you're. I don't know, not normal. And uh, you are able to bridge that gap a little bit when you kind of get one-on-one with people. And uh, that's really what my goal of all this is, is to you know, kind of let people get to know more about me and then just realize how a normal person um, from a normal upbringing can, can really accomplish their dreams and, uh, and go on and do anything. Let's talk about something we, before we get to the current construction and the roster and all that stuff in your role for 2018. How different was it not having high school baseball where you grew up and you're playing yeah. Ameri- American Legion ball? What was that like? And then what was it like when you were so when they were starting to get recruited mm-hmm. and everything? How was that different than typically if you would have a high school baseball situation? You know, I think they kind of depicted it that like I was throwing this ice fishing pole, yeah, like one horse town kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and yeah. they were like, "Ooh, he's got good wrist action," yeah. and so you know maybe he can swing a bat. Um, you know, in Wyoming, we that's not how it went. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> unfortunately, that would be a great story, wouldn't it? And we kind of played along with it for a little bit. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, the kind of the kind of way it went in Wyoming was uh, we don't have high school baseball because uh, of the travel and because of the weather. So um, here you have the weather, but places are a little bit closer together and you're able to travel pretty uh, not too far uh the closest city to me uh was 45 minutes but then the next closest city is like two and a half hours oh, wow. as far as um being big enough to play um in like 4a high school um and so they just didn't do it for that reason so we did Le- legion ball and south dakota didn't have um high school baseball either so we would go and play them from mid-april until uh late may and same with wyoming teams and then after that uh, we really hit hit it hard be playing every weekend and i was fortunate enough to be on a good team that that coach um, at the time tag lane um, had built up um since my brother was was there which was he was eight years older than me um, and really built that program into a powerhouse in wyoming and so we were invited to good tournaments and then we were good so we got to play more often so we ended up playing about 80 games a year which you know you compare that to high school teams normally play about 30 summer teams normally play about 50 and so we really did get in just about as as much as a as a new york team um or any other team in the north Mm -hmm. the ones that we missed out on uh california florida texas but to be quite honest um i'm glad i didn't play all year round because i feel like a lot of guys get burned out on it um you know for someone like me i I put a lot of effort into everything that i do and i feel like if you would have limited me to one sport um and i would have worked that hard on it all the time yeah i might have gotten really good at it or i might have been burned out on it and you know so i that's kind of my take on it um but we, we had a little bit different um, upbringing, but um, I was very um, anxious to get started in Pro Bowl and w- was not burned out, burn out on it at all and had a lot of good experience. It's funny you say that because every pro athlete you talk to says do not specialize, right? Like if It's funny because you have coaches and stuff that encourage you to specialize, and yep. I think it's important for a young kid who's watching this that says, you know, look, you have a major league baseball player here who says, I needed to play other sports. Yes. I needed to, or else I was going to get burnt out. So mm-hmm. I think that's so good to, for young youth players to yeah. hear that says, look, I shouldn't quit basketball. I shouldn't quit football. I should right. I should keep going. And if I end up having a natural inclination towards one, great. That's so. how it worked out for me, and, and that's exactly what I would say. Um, football taught me so much. Um, through the weight room, through, um, you know, about when you get knocked down, how to get back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even basketball, like like you said, um, you know, just those, those grits of getting through the practices, getting through um, games. And I just uh, – I really think that you have so much to learn from each sport that baseball can't teach you all by itself. So when did you give up on the bullet riding dream? Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> that one was. Not to switch uh, topics here. Yeah, no, I know. And that, that was one. Of was the, that a real thing? That was one of the funny laughs in, in there. Is that uh, yeah? When when I was seven years old, so kind of like your rite of passage in my family was, uh, we'd go up to my grandpa's ranch and they uh, they would uh, bring a, a steer in. Well, you know, a, a calf somewhere five hundred to seven hundred pounds. And you would hop on that thing, and uh, and really the goal of it was, I wanted they to time be. You? Did yeah. They time you? Well, yeah, they did. Yeah, I, I didn't last eight seconds. <laughs> <laughs> they the, the goal of that was really so that you wouldn't want to be a professional oh, football gotcha. writer. So they want you to really get beat up. It, yeah, and like I'm, I, I, that was cool. I I'm tried good. It. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's really because the fact of rodeo is it's not 
if you get hurt, it's when you get hurt. And they didn't want their kids going through that. So um, I wanted to be a bull rider, so they were like, okay, well, here you go. Hop on this thing, and let's see how long you last. So I, I did, and it came around, stepped right on my ankle, and I said they had it that on tape. It. I, they had it on tape. I said, <laughs> I don't want to be a bull rider. So uh, I was crying and everything. But that was, that's kind of like the rite of passage in my family. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember, you know, growing up and – I had this little bouncy ball with the handle, and I would ride on it, and I would say, I'm riding bad to the bone. And I don't know, if you don't know too much about rodeo lore, um, my dad was actually on the rodeo floor when Lane Frost died in Cheyenne in Frontier Days, and he was killed by the bull bad to the bone. And and so I would say, I'm riding that bull, you know, and whatnot. Well, yeah. Well, it didn't work out. The future did work out, yeah, though, for no, you. I think you, ended it, up, you ended up doing something pretty good, yeah. which, of course, now you're New York Met. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's get into the on-field stuff. You had to have heard everything that's out there yep. about rumors and trades and whatever. Um, safe to say that you want to be a New York Met. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt. I, I want to be a New York Met. Um, this is the – people don't realize that I grew up in, in the Mets. So when I was 18 um, – I haven't known anything different yeah. than, than the New York Mets. And um, I really turned into a man in, 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 uh, in the New York Mets organization. So there is, um, there is sentimental value to it for me. Uh, you know, and, and obviously, like I said, I don't know anything different. So um, it would be a huge shakeup for me if, if I went to a different team. Now, is that a part of the business? It is, and I would deal with that accordingly. But, um, yeah, I would love to stick around with the Mets. I think we have a great team here. I want to be a part of it. Um, you know, obviously, I can't control that business part of it. I will um, obviously. I want to play baseball, and I'll play for base- baseball for whoever wants me to play for them. But, um, you know, as long as the Mets want me to be here, I'm, I'm here, and I and I want to be here. You have a lot of fans here because, and I know I'm one of them because I see the peripheral numbers around it, right? And it, the on base percentage last year was fantastic in a small Thank sample you. size. Um, you've always gotten on base at every level you've been at, um, it, plus, you know, over 400 in yeah. one year in the minors. So take us through that, the patience, um, the pitch selection, how big of a part of that is going to be uh, your approach this year, and uh, especially if you do get into a platoon situation, does that change? Do you get more anxious? Look, I'm playing against righties, and I have to grasp this opportunity right now, right. or does nothing change? you got to go even keel. You know, nothing changes. It's uh, it's still the same way. I, I have to approach the game the same exact way. The big thing that I preach is control what you can control, and I can't control whether they want to play me, you know, platoon or every day mm-hmm. uh, or not at all. And and all I have to do is just go out there and give it my best shot every single time. And so the way that I do that is I stick to my approach, and that is to just find a good pitch to hit. Um, they're major league pitchers. They're very good, but they do make mistakes every now and then, and uh, our job is to is to hop on those. You know, you talk about patience. It's interesting because you've been a really good pinch hitter off the bench for the yeah. Mets. Um, how does your does your approach change? Uh, we hear this philosophy a lot from guys like Lenny Harris or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, thou shalt not pass on a fastball. You get a fastball, you go up there, you hack at it. Does that change um, when you're pinch hitting, uh, or do you get le- more aggressive, or yeah. is it same approach even in that situation? Yeah, I mean, nothing against those guys, but you know that approach. I don't know if it necessarily works for me. Um, yeah. Mine isn't more isn't more about the you know hopping on the fastball. Yeah, fastball is great, but. You have to be able to hit any mistake. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking for any mistake up there. Um, and so if it's a fastball but it's at my letters, 
I'm, I'm not going after it. You know, it's uh, well, I don't want to. Um, I'm not saying I, I don't. It's a game of failure. But um, my approach is really to try and you know hop on that first good pitch that they give me, um, and that and that doesn't change. Um, and I think that's you know that's not like some big secret or anything. It's just something that I've learned um, and that they've instilled in me and, and tried to teach me since I was 18, and, and even before that when I was with my dad. Um, is just get a good pitch to hit and hit it. And I know that's breaking it down into really simple terms. That's really where it gets to, and that's sometimes baseball gets um, gets too many details in sure. it. But it really does come down to that. It comes down to I'm trying to find a good pitch. Now, can you recognize that early enough and make a good decision on it? That's where the tough part comes in, and that's where um, – Fortunately, I think I have had an ability, um, you know, thank the Lord uh, for me that um, I do seem to recognize pitches well um, and whether they're strikes or balls um, pretty soon. So when I'm going well, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident up there. I, I know what I'm looking for, and uh, I'm going to hop on that. So really that's all it comes down to is that um, – I'm trying to shrink that strike zone a little bit, and if I can do that and bring them over the plate more, then I'm going to have more success. And, um, you know, it doesn't get a whole lot more complicated than that, but it stays the same even when I'm a pinch hitter because if I go up there and I swing at the first pitch because I think they're going to pipe it, but then it is, you know, down and away, well, well, ground ground ball, you're out, and that's it for the day. So um, the approach stays the same regardless. I don't think anyone's ever going to claim that you don't hustle. (laughs) <laughs> so I was actually well, diddling you. around on my phone over here for a second because I think I tweeted it last year that you run to first faster on a walk than some guys trying to like leg out a single. <laughs> so have you ever – what's behind that? Is that just like a thing you do or you just don't – you know, is that like – do you actively be like, oh, I'm running to first on a, on a walk? Well, I, I think it's just pure excitement uh, too is – I mean, I, a walk is a win for me. And so some people, I don't know, you know, some people are brought up, oh, they didn't give me anything to hit. They're, you know, I don't care. It's my job to get on base, and I'm excited to get on base however I can. So um, I'm trying – I mean, I'm, I think it's more of like, yeah, okay, I'm on base, and I go and I, and I get there. My dad's always taught me to play whatever I'm doing to do it at 110%, you know. Um, just give it everything I got, and that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I think hustle is a respect towards the game, and so I try to hustle, try to play hard, um, and, and that's really all I'm trying to convey there is that I'm I'm playing this game hard. I respect this, and uh, I want to give it my best effort. So, it's nothing. Um, it's nothing like I'm trying to prove anything or anything. It's just the way that I play the game. And honestly, I am excited when I get That's when awesome, I get on dude. base. So yeah. yeah. So, and then you know, like say on a ground ball, uh, I'm frustrated with myself. So I'm punishing myself by by running to first base hard. <laughs> I'm like, all right, if they make any you know any bobble or anything you're gonna need to be safe on this because you're an idiot and you ground it out right so that's that's my <laughs> head speaking to me and uh, but on a on a ball you know based on balls i am excited i'm getting down to first base i'm excited for what's going to happen next hopefully we can score this run yeah whatever it may cool. be i passed on you know i did my job i passed on the torch well, I don't know if you ever care to look it up, but if you ever type in your name and, and run to first on a walk, there's a, there's a ton of tweets out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll have to look that up sometime. We had Mickey Calloway on our show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he seems to be very open-minded to any possibility. You know, yeah. any, any in-house option can win a job. Uh, you can impress him very easily just by going out and executing. Yep. Um, one, have you talked to Mickey uh, over the course of the offseason? And, and two, has he told you what he expects from you in 2018? Uh, yes, I have talked to him and uh, got to spend a little bit of time with him. Um, and what he expects is what we've been talking about, is 
he expects me to hustle. He expects me to um, to really just play the game hard. And um, if I can do that, then, you know, he said there's going to be mental mistakes that, that happen. Um, let's try and limit those. And there's going to be physical. Um, but if they're going to be physical, they need to be by playing hard. And so I, I can I can agree with that, and I can, I can roll with that, and I really respect that. Um, that's the way I play the game. And I think more times than not, if you're playing hard, then things are going to go your way, um, or at least you're going to give yourself your best shot. So I, I think that's kind of what he's conveyed to me, uh, which is I'm all for, and he wants to communicate with us well. And, uh, and, you know, like if pinch hit situations come up or if you're playing the next day or, you know, whatever that may be, he wants to communicate that early on. What about this is one thing this lineup needs? It's a leadoff hitter. Yeah. Uh, are you ready to do that? Yeah, I, c- I can definitely do that. It, it doesn't matter where you put me. Um, like we've been talking about, my approach isn't going to change. And, um, I've yeah, I hit leadoff when I, was, when I was younger. But then, you know, as I became um, a better hitter, I moved to that three spot for those teams. I am I am more than capable to be the leadoff hitter, but I am again want to help out the team however I can, wherever they they feel that need is. If they feel like that's at the leadoff spot, I'll I'll do that, no problem. It, it's it's uh, it's just however the best I can help the team, and, and they're going to diagnose that, they're going to see that in spring, and they're going to decide whether I can do that job or not. And I'm just going to go give it my best effort. I've been good, following though. you. I've been following you on Twitter. So I saw recently that you're at the Islanders game. I've been trying to become yeah, an Islanders yes. fan lately. My buddy Brian over here is a big Islanders fan. Oh, very nice. Die so are, are I you a big you hockey guy game. or just taking? I, the I city? saw you at the game and I was like, why'd they get him such a clunker, man? They, they got dominated. <laughs> and I'm just like, they had to lose to Boston while Brandon Nimmo was there. Come uh, on, it's okay. It's are okay. you a hockey I guy? Understand. Just taking in the sights so or what? I, I like hockey. Um, I was never able to go to too many games when I was younger because of sports, but um, I do like hockey. I respect the sport. I think it's very, very, like, extremely difficult. Um, and they are extremely great athletes, um, very skilled. So I have great respect for the game. But I haven't been able to go to many games. And uh, uh, I don't know if you, you know this, but uh, John Ledecky, the owner, he actually spent quite a bit of time living in Wyoming. Oh, and wow. so I got to talk to him about that. And we just really connected. And he said, come on out. Come on out to the game. And so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely do that. And uh, and so he gave me the opportunity to be able to go out there. And we absolutely loved it. It was my wife's first hockey game ever. And uh, I really enjoy hockey. I think it's especially you get down there on that ice and you see how fast that game goes. Um, just gives you a great appreciation for what those guys do. So um, I, I do. I enjoy it. You have an open invitation now. Anytime you guys want to go. We'll 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 grab the wives. Right. We'll go. We'll go All to right. Barclays Center, and then eventually <laughs> Belmont. Eventually, that's yes. it. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll go do that and uh, watch uh, I, I the Isles. I love it. Yeah, but I, I've been catching a lot of flack on that one, actually. I, uh, you know what? See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Let me just explain. This I'm story. not a big hockey. I've been trying. Like we do this every week. So he's Rangers been trying to fans. Turn Rangers fans think they own the town. Oh, okay. The but gotcha. here's the thing. They've, they're an original six team. Okay. Since the beginning of the NHL, they've won four cups. Okay. You know how many the Islanders won? Four cups. <laughs> so how? What? Where do they own? Come on, man! Get out of here. We'll we'll teach you right. Brandon. Okay. We'll get you. We'll All get right. you. All, All right. right. All right, everybody. Brandon Nimmo, Mets outfielder. Thanks so much for hanging out with oh, us. Thank Good you. luck thank this season. Congratulations on the marriage. Thank everything. you very Good much. Good luck Appreciate with everything. It. Yeah, we'll thank see you down there. Thanks for we me. can't Appreciate wait, man. Go yep. uh, go win a job and uh, go. Let's uh, let's go win something. Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks to Seven Line for all, all you guys do. All the support you guys give us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Brandon Nimmo, QBC. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Take it easy. Thanks.
All right, guys, that was awesome. Uh, QBC, our special thanks to Chris Flexen, Pete McCarthy, Ted Berg, Matt Cerrone, Brandon Nimmo, his wife, Chelsea, who's also a sweetheart. They're uh, commenting I right know, now. they were commenting, so that was awesome. Thank you guys for watching. Thanks for participating. It was, it was so much fun. I mean, getting to know those guys kind of on a personal level was awesome. It was, it was fantastic. What's cool for us also is now that we know we could do a remote location and actually have it work, as long as we have like a strong Wi-Fi signal, we're, we're pretty good, you know? Yeah. It's not you can show up whenever we're ready to like go live. Oh God! But uh, yeah, you know we're, we're good. We're good. All right. <laughs> anyway, you do have uh, we do have some breaking yes. news to to get to, exactly. but we also need someone to play what's in the box. We are going to get to that in a little bit. The phone number is in the bottom of the screen. Someone's calling right now. I guess we could just leave them on hold if you want to take the call, Tim. Uh, yeah. So we did talk about this uh, through Twitter and and also in the jump of the show. The spring training shirt is always something that people look forward to. Yes. We try to mix it up each year. Last year, we did a light blue shirt for the first time. Previously, it was just traditional Mets colors. So this coming year, I leaked it a couple days ago on Instagram. So let's get to that because some people are very excited about this. And here we go. Whoa, there it's not there. Here we go. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so this is the spring training shirt for this year. It says Party on the Berm, which is what was on Dave Maggio's uh, banner last year. So if you, you can't really see too closely here because it's not zoomed in. But this is the perspective that we see from the berm. And they're on, the, on the fence there, there's uh, seagulls drinking rum buckets and Mr. Met as the sun. So I think that's pretty cool. I think people very should cool. be pretty excited about that as well. Very, very cool. Um, also, we have a special sneak peek for those of you who are going out to City Field this year. We do. Our next available home game is Saturday, May 5th against the Rockies. Uh, obviously, we're going to be tailgating prior, and it includes the Seven Line Army 2008 event jersey. But the given. What did I say? Eight? 2008. Yeah. Man, I think I'm too drunk. Come on back. <laughs> Come on back to the real world. So um, we do have someone online for what's in the box, but let's get to this, uh, what we're talking about right now. So, yeah, it includes the, uh, the Seven Line Army event jersey for the season, but also the Cespedes Garden Gnome giveaway. So I hit the Mets up and said, hey, what does this thing look like? They sent me the photo, and, and I didn't know that they didn't actually already share this on their socials. So that's, the, wow. that's what it looks like. So cool. if you're going to be lined up. That's a pretty good likeness. It is a very good likeness. If you're watching this afterwards, or listening to this afterwards, I should say, Hop on over to our Facebook page and check it out or go to Orange and Blue Thing. You can check out all the replays of all the episodes from, you know, now until the start. And I like that they got uh, New Balance to be the sponsor. Yeah, and you see, like, his leg is up. Well, Cespedes is a New Balance athlete and a nice little little corporate synergy there, guys. That is pretty cool. And it it almost looks like the pose of, like, uh, the Captain Morgan guy. Like, his his leg is up, a little Captain Morgan slash New Balance slash Matt slash... Slash uh, Mr. Cespedes. So we do have someone on the line here to play What's in the Box. I hope that it works because we had a little bit of a snafu snafu earlier when we tried to have someone go live. But we do have to play the music. And I'm hoping that you brushed up on your skills. Ah, come on. No, you didn't? Nah. Are you serious? All right. Welcome back. (laughs) That's the Coach Poppy voice. (laughs) Well, yeah. Poppy. I know. All right. I'd asked you Let's during the break. Let's get serious matters. Poppy's on a cruise, but I miss Poppy. He's got to call next you gotta week. You got to call. Poppy, Poppy if you're watching the replay, you got to call next week. You got to call. Anyway, everyone's favorite Mets game show, What's in the Box, presented by Brian and Darren and Tim behind the glass, where you don't have any glass. We have someone on the line, and what they're going to do is pick one, two, three, or four. But last week, we started a new tradition where you have to dance. But Brian doesn't dance. He's a stick in the mud. I was actually going to give him a stick in mud and leave it on his desk for tonight. I'm glad you didn't do that. I didn't do it. All right. So, that's good. All right, I'll spare you because we're already going a little late here on the time. We got Tyler from Manhattan on the line. Tyler, what's up, man? Tyler. Hello. 
Hey, Tyler, what's up? I'm good, thanks. Okay, so pick one, two, three, or four, and then you're going, well, you're not going home with it. We're going to send it to your house, but pick one, two, three, or four. What's in the box? I'll pick one, please. One, please. And I like the politeness. Very polite. Very nice. What do you got? What do you got? A Michael Conforto shirt. Nice. There you hey, go. What's, what size do you wear? What size do you wear, Tyler? Uh, I wear like a men's medium. Well, that's what it is. No way, a really? Men's medium for real. How about that? Hang on the line. Hang on the line. Yeah, and Tim will get give, your we address. We should actually put the camera on Tim for a second, yeah, just look. so he can get a little shine time here. What's up, buddy? Nice shirt. Hey, thank you very much. Hey. It's uh, I'm feeling very, very okay. tropical right thank now. You. So, Tyler, stay on the line, okay? <laughs> Uh, all right, no problem. No Hang problem. On. Very polite. He is. He is. So, yeah, so uh, going to grab Tyler's address. Yeah, that's no so awesome that it ended up working out that it's, that it's the right it size, it's too. Perfect. That it's perfect. That almost never happens. We, we are very good here at Orange and Blue. We could have probably we swapped very, it out. Tyler seems like a good kid. Tyler does seem like a good kid. I think uh, I think he would have been able to Thank you. That. See, look at <laughs> yeah. that. See, he knows. He knows. He knows what's up. All right, so. Hey, Tyler, we, while we have you, who's your favorite Met? My favorite Met? Hmm. A Met Rosario, maybe? All right, that's a good. That's, that's a good. That's a good choice. All right, Tyler. Uh, we'll see you at the ballpark this year. Let's go, Mets, buddy. Awesome, thank you. All right, awesome. All right, so another show in the books. Yeah, but we have, do have to do the share contest. I do. A little housekeeping here while Brian scrolls through. You should also mention that the Brewers traded for Christian Yelich, so that's interesting. It is interesting, and uh, we are going to have Brian scroll through, th- through that for a second. I'm going to do a little shilling for myself here and for the Seven Line Army tomorrow at noon. If you're listening to this afterwards on SoundCloud and iTunes, we appreciate it. Maybe hit that share button or whatever it is, subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff. But tomorrow at noon, which is Friday the 26th, right? Tomorrow's the 26th? At sure. noon? I yes. So. Yes. Uh, the invasion in atlanta where a lot of people are driving there from from new york and surrounding areas but a bunch of us are dry are flying so we are going to need your help with the tailgating portion of the day the braves are blocking off not really blocking off but dedicating an area where we're allowed to buy prepaid parking passes to so it's going to be a great tailgate party we're going to try to replicate what we did in 2015 i think that's when we went 2015 but even better because we have more tickets this year 750 tickets go up tomorrow at noon on the sevenline.com includes the shirt the ticket, the event patch, and a 20-ounce Coca-Cola beverage of your choice. And uh, we're giving away two tickets right now for free just because you helped us out and shared the show. Stop. Stop. Oh, it's our boy. Our boy, Charlie Rizek. No way. Yes. Upstate Charlie. Upstate Charlie. Awesome. Now he has to go to Atlanta. Now he has to go. Well, there you go, Charlie. Uh, uh, A.K.A. Chaz. A.K.A. Chaz, which isn't even his actual first name, Charlie. No, it's not Charlie. It's, It's like... Steve or something? Isn't it? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so right, that's my so boy. That's my boy Steve, right On the up and up, Chaz. So AKA there you Chaz, go. AKA Charlie. Now you got to go to Atlanta. Now you got to go. I may be driving, but uh, we'll see. Maybe Chaz wants to jump in with me. All right, guys. So uh, Orange and Blue Thing, another episode in the books. Check us out next week, Thursday nights, 6 p.m. Eastern, Facebook.com slash The Seven Line. Afterwards, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that good stuff. If you don't have Facebook, you can always go to TheSevenLine.com or click on OrangeAndBlueThing.com. All the episodes go up. Which is a on demand each each Friday. So uh, thanks to Keith Medigo and Black Nick Black Nick for hooking us up with that. Everyone that went to QBC said what's up to us. Brandon, his his wife, we're in the comments tonight. Great episode. Awesome guys. Thanks so much for hanging out. Have a good weekend. You can't go, you can't go, you can't go.